0: I think every woman, no matter how it looks, is dealing with this new life that we're living in right now and uncharted territory. I think you really just have to listen to your intuition on what feels right to you and making sure you're not doing it alone, making sure you are having help and working with others and reaching out if you need to.
1: Welcome to the Trailblazer podcast. I'm Jan. And I'm Erin. We're best friends, mother and daughter, rural entrepreneurs, and business partners of over two decades. Over 23 years ago, we jumped into the world of entrepreneurship in search of our big purpose. Three years ago, our hard work paid off when we launched an international print magazine, Trailblazer, and business membership. Through these, we have one mission, to empower rural women by helping them build successful businesses all while cultivating the rural lifestyles
2: they love. So through guest interviews and shows with just the two of us, we'll be chatting about topics like growth mindset, intuition, entrepreneurship. Grit, resilience, and so much more. We're going to equip you with the know how to navigate the sometimes murky waters of entrepreneurship. So, whether you're rural, rural hearted, or intrigued by the rural way of life, get ready to challenge yourself while learning from our experiences and other rural entrepreneurs as we explore the endless opportunities that lie ahead. Together, we can create something
1: extraordinary. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. We are vibrating from today's conversation (laughs) with Jess Mose of Prairie Soap Shack. This was a follow-up conversation from her article in our winter 2023 issue 13 called Lessons from the Women of My Past. And I kind of still have goosebumps over
2: what we talked about. I know because there were so many kind of like it sparked memories. And I think for anyone listening, you're going to be thinking back to the women in your family, your grandma, your great grandma, your mom. What did they instill in you? What kind of values, what kind of outlook on life and the world and what women's place in it is? And that's where we went in the interview. It was so good. Totally. And I think as modern women, multi-passionate, multitasking,
1: we have so many more roles and complications and pressures on us today than the women of our past did. And I think just slowing down even talking about this conversation acknowledging the difference in lifestyle and expectations from before kind of it it makes me visualize this intangible cord connecting to the women of my past and so i think by listening to this interview as the listener i hope this makes you stop and and feel that connection And what that could have meant to them and what that could mean for you
2: in your life. Absolutely. And so here's a little bit more info on Jess. So Jessica Mose is the owner, maker, and prairie herbalist behind Prairie Soap Shack in central Alberta. Her business takes inspiration from the past and the plants of the prairies to create all natural skin and body care products for people who want a modern self-care routine infused with a connection to nature and the nostalgia of their roots. Jessica loves in finding harmony between and um, being an ambitious entrepreneur, uh, grain farming, and raising two young boys with her husband, Adam. She's actively involved herself in her community and collaborations, building connections with people and the land around her. So grab a tea and uh, dive in. You're really going to love
1: this episode with Jess Mose. Join us. Jess, welcome to the Trailblazer podcast. It feels like we're all long lost friends sitting here ready to chat in this conversation. We've had the pleasure of meeting in person, all of us at the retreat and then our conference. And we've known you for how long have we known you now? Well, the
2: magazine's over three years. So yeah, over three years. Yeah. Because Jess has written for the magazine for three years now, which is an amazing feat within itself and how you manage to keep coming up with fresh new content and it just it just gets me it pulls me in every time makes me ponder makes me makes me yeah. makes us love you even more yeah. so welcome so, to the yeah. podcast today really <laughs> happy to chat with you
0: thank you so much i'm excited to be here
2: well and i especially love today's topic because it's lessons from the women of your past so we're going to deep dive into that but we're also going to talk about how it is for rural women now, today. Or any and, women, just yeah. modern women. Yeah. And how, how life is pulling at you, affecting you, raising you up, breaking you down, whatever whatever all the different things are. So, Before we get started, yeah. tell
1: our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do and where you are, too.
0: <laughs> so my name is Jess. I'm based in central Alberta. I run a business called Prairie Soap Shack. Where I make all natural skin and body care products. And I run this through my website mainly with some wholesaling stores. We are also part of a family farm. So I help my husband there with the grain farm. And we raise two young boys. So that's kind of the roles I play, along with a lot of volunteer work in the community and with the schools. That's, that's how I keep busy.
1: In a simplified (laughs) nutshell, because I know your, your life, it's not actually that simple. It's very full in a good way, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Like there's probably a calendar on the fridge with (laughs) scratches and this and notations and all the things that go on. So before we dive in, as you know, Jess Mose is a regular contributor to Trailblazer magazine
1: and her winter article on lessons from women of my past, it just struck a chord in us. And that's why we're so excited to chat with you. However... Back to what you do, Prairie Soap Shack, can you just tell us a little bit about what makes you different and how that passion ignited in you in the first place? And Because that's an
0: intriguing part about who and what you do. So I actually worked as a nurse for 15 years. And when I was on maternity leave, like a lot of moms, I started finding more creative outlets, which led to To me deciding to start my own business so I have a large passion for making things homemade in the kitchen which led to me starting to make soap and lip balms and other body care products but alongside a passion of learning all the different prairie plants that are growing outside among us and what I grow in my garden so I kind of went through this time period of realizing these two big passions of mine could merge beautifully And create this brand where I make all natural skin and body care products with prairie plants that I either forage or grow in my garden and around our farm. So it was a big learning curve, but I eventually developed my brand, which makes my products unique, very nostalgic of the prairies and have the herbalist side to it. And now I ended up leaving my nursing job, my nursing career, and I do this full time now on our farm.
1: No, I love that story. And I think a lot of listeners are going to be inspired by that because a lot of women could be currently doing something or in a job that isn't, how do you say, that they know they're not realizing their full potential in and they've got passions other places and they're maybe scared to pursue it or take the risk. Do you mind sharing how many years into it did you step into your business, soap Soapjack,
0: full time? Yep. Three years. Three years. Okay. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So three years in, it was also during the time of the pandemic and us moving to a different uh, spot, like moving closer to our grain farm. So I had a lot of changes that kind of was a catalyst for me taking this on full time, but it all just kind of seamlessly fell into place. (laughs) It just kind of happened that way.
2: Yeah. And I want to put on my career hat from years ago and just note that Um, A lot of times we take training or we get educated in a certain area. And then there's another part of us that's interested in things or passionate about something. And I'm always intrigued at how people knit those things together. They integrate them. And Mm -hmm. I think your story of your business startup is very much that story, like being rooted and, and grounded in the prairie lifestyle and landscape which infused your thinking with a possibility that probably when you first got into nursing or were halfway through your 15 years, you would have never even thought of. Like, it probably just wasn't even a speck on the landscape. So I find that really fascinating. And we hear so many different paths and avenues that women figure out these amazing business ideas. And so what I like about that is it's not just, oh, I was flipping through a book or scrolling online and saw this idea for a business and went for it, it's, it It comes from you. It comes from your natural inclinations and whatnot. And I think it's that, a journey of discovery. Yeah. Right? And I think yeah. that's what helps make businesses like yours successful yeah. because there is a story attached to it. There's some rabbit holes that we can go down. And today is a perfect example of lessons from the women of your past because your grandmothers were probably doing some similar things that you're doing now, which informed or was infused into your lineage, you know, as the years have gone by. So, And that's, to us, that's
1: the definition of a trailblazer. It's a woman who takes her skills and passions, combines them and
0: integrates them and create something you've never done before and totally unique. I'm so glad you went there. Exactly. You just took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm like, that's what's so neat about being an entrepreneur or start creating a business or creating a brand is you really have to go on this journey of figuring out who you are, what skills have you learned along the ways, what things have inspired you? What are you curious about? All these different things and they blend together to, to create something special.
1: And it's something that no one can give us the answers for. We have to ask ourselves the right questions and take those forward steps moving forward to uncover, unravel what that is. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and I think that's why we love this niche that we're working in is that this is the epitome of what a trailblazer type of business is. And you find it in other terms because it integrates into your life. Is it, is it my business? Is it my life? Is it my lifestyle? No, they're, they're all kind of woven together. So I just think that that's really, really a cool part of it. So we had talked just before we, that we were going to have you read the opening to your article, because I think that will set a beautiful stage for <laughs> lead <to> yeah, <laughs> what we're going to talk about.
0: I can certainly do that. By the way, the winter issue is beautiful. The Trailblazer magazine. I love it. And I'm so honored to be in it. All right. So what would it be like if we had a conversation with the women who blazed trails before us, the ancestors of our past? I find it interesting to consider how the roles and expectations of women in my family have changed or remain the same over the past 150 years. We have all faced different pressures and lived in completely different worlds with keeping common threads such as raising families, living rurally and pushing our limits. Sometimes I wonder what the conversation would be like if I could bring all the great women of my family from five generations into a room together. And that's such a dreamy thought. I wish that I could.
2: (laughs) I got to tell you, first off, I, I feel a little jealous when I hear people talk about grandmothers because my mom's mom and my dad's mom both had passed before I was born. And so I didn't grow up with a grandmother. And so that's one of the things that's so intriguing to me to listen to the things that have been passed down to you through the women in your family, because like I just accepted it, that was normal for my life. But I love hearing that what was normal for you was all of the habits and patterns and recipes and and daily chores, you know, that you making. learned. Yeah. Absolutely. So what was it that inspired you to even think of this subject? Like what were you pondering that took you there to really I don't know examine that? Yeah.
0: I would say this is kind of a subject I've thought about off and on my whole life. Like a truth I truly have. My family always bugs me that I'm an old soul and that I I'm always very connected to the past. And I I guess I was sitting around one day and we always hear oh our great grandmothers had to raise eight kids in a one room house and they don't have all the conveniences like they had it so hard and we're we have it so easy and I kind of thought that way for a few years thinking why should why would I ever complain about things because I have it so easy with all the modern conveniences today but it was actually one of my best friends that I grew up with who I'm very lucky that I have very very special relationships with with some different friends that I grew up with and, and great conversations with my mom and my sister. It's in those conversations that I think it was my friend who said, but that's unfair. So like, why why would you think you have life so much easier now compared to your great grandma? Like you guys had different challenges, but that's not fair to think that your challenges aren't, you know, just as important or, or different things. And, and that was kind of a really big eye opener for me because I thought, you know what? Like, that's right. It's right. I shouldn't think that life is so easy for us now. I mean, we do have a lot of conveniences, but it's different challenges, right? And so it just had me thinking, so what were their challenges? I wonder how they felt about that. You know, like that great grandmother with the eight children in the one room house. How many times did she have to go out back behind the house by herself and just scream or something, right? I just kind of was trying to think on a more personal level, like, How did they live? I wonder what could have been going through their minds at the time. So,
2: Well, and I think that's an interesting point that you just raised, too, because in this day and age, we talk a lot about mental health and we talk about a lot of those kinds of things, whereas a woman back then had to cope cope or not cope with it in whatever way she could get through it, right? And typically alone and remotely. Yeah. 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 So you, you think about that. So we probably don't have any less mental health issues, but we have help for it today as well. And and I I agree with you. I think when we look back, I often think, whoa, they were a hardier stock than I am today. But then look at all the multiple things that we juggle as women and business owners and stuff like the mental capacity that we must have to keep you know, our spiritual, emotional, physical, and Family's, all the rest—household, yeah, all the rest <laughs> yeah. of that. I, I think yeah. we just
1: can't even compare. I think they had such a more basic life. You know, you think of the pressures and resources and overstimulations that we have now, and it, like you just can't even compare. Because I, I would love a simpler life, but I don't know how I could or how I could get there. And I'm sure them in their day maybe wanted more for themselves then but they couldn't get there so uh, there's it's the
2: goal that's
1: what we want to talk
2: about because what would a woman back in the early 1900s do if she wanted to add to being a mother and a wife like what avenues could she like did she feel stifled would she have felt stifled her whole life that she couldn't she couldn't even vote Back then, right? Well, isn't that the truth? Not till yeah, nineteen sixteen and and it probably
1: wasn't welcomed as a woman to want more, especially for yourself as a
2: woman, right? Like that's probably wasn't very common, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm like you kind of the old soul thing. I've always thought of myself that way, and that oh, I would have loved to have lived back then, however, I don't think I'd want to be in the house all day baking bread and cooking and keeping the fire going and everything. I would want to be out on the horse, the cattle with this, <laughs> that. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. And I, I, I think an appreciation for the groundwork that they've laid that we can build our thinking on. You know, I think that's really critical. So what kind of advice has been, have you picked up that has been passed down, either spoken or just kind of a, this is just kind of the way it is. Like what are some of those things that you hear?
0: So, so when I think about the women in my family, my mom, my grandma, those ones I knew, I I know firsthand, but my great grandma and my great, great grandma, I, I can see, or when I think about it, each one of us has made it a priority to be involved with the, community for support and to have a circle of women around them to help and support and learn from. Each one has looked different for everyone, but I can see like for my great, great grandma, they had something, they made up a club called the Sunshine Club and they were charter members of the Women's Institute in in their town. So this was a group of women that they could organize and take turns hosting at their homes to get together and learn from. They would have like worker bee days where they would all gather at one woman's house, help them finish all their sewing, all their cooking, all their cleaning. And then the next time they would all meet at another woman's house. Like there was just different ways to be involved and to make sure that you were working with others to help, like that we're not meant to do this alone. And I think that is like the best advice that I have seen. Each generation has done that for sure. My mom still does it today for herself. I'm, I'm doing it now for myself. I have a book club with the girls that I grew up with. And that is my support on a personal level, level to grow and interact and feel friendship and love and support from my friends. And I make a point to be involved with community things so I can have that support from people that are living all around me right now and I can support them too and with our school. Yeah. And then they support my business and I can support their businesses. And then I'm part of your membership for Trailblazer because that's my group of women that can support me and I can support them on a business level. And even though we, we meet online, it's still a support system, right? So yeah, I, I think it's really important that you find these different avenues and different facets of your life. And that's the best advice. Yeah, <laughs> what I, a gift. Oh my what gosh. I absolutely yeah.
2: love that. And yeah. the line that you said is that we're not meant to do it alone. And how many modern day women think that we are, and they're just trying to do everything themselves, find it hard maybe to reach out and ask for help, feel lonely, feel disconnected. So I think what. What a phenomenal value yeah. to have been passed down to you, for you to be living it and and living it, like not just talking about it, but, but walking the talk mm. as well. I think that's amazing. I think that opens up the conversation too
1: that we kind of had started talking to before. We pushed record in that so we know what we've... We- We recently at a conference together in Jasper and heard Dr. Jody Carrington speak and help me if I don't remember everything Jess because she was talking about how there's never been a time Mm -hmm. in this world where women have such a lack in clarity of their roles because she said 100 years ago it was very clear what a woman's role was there was no guessing total clarity and an inner peace and over the years we've as women have wanted and asked for more and we're now doing more and creating more and leading more, but also compounding all of this pressure and workload and responsibility, none of it is lessening as we're adding more onto our plates. And so she talked about how this compounding, the more we desire, the more we have to do because we can't let go of, traditional roles, We're just adding on new ones to those typically traditional roles, right? Yeah. Am I missing anything? No, you as great. Because then she went on to say, when we have this lack of clarity in our roles and our life as women, that's when we can't breathe. That's when we're only breathing in our chest. And that's what gives us that anxiety and that worry. And so I've never heard it mm. articulated that way to connect this almost chaos in in roles but we want them but we can't do all of it what do we do this is how I feel wow
2: yeah
0: I was so excited at the conference when I was there with you when we heard Dr. Jody talk about this because I'm like this is exactly what I have been pondering over for the last few months and what my article touches on too is it's so interesting how when you look at The expectations of women over each generation, how it has changed and how we've gotten to a place where we wanted to get to and where we're happy to be. We have our choices. We have our freedoms. Most of us do. Most of us. But yet, you're right. We don't want to let go of those traditional roles. Like maybe some do, but like me personally, I don't want to let go of those traditional roles. So here I'm trying to still do that, raise our children, run a business look good while doing it right if we mention the expectations of of our appearance and all that too on top of it all all those different expectations on us which we want to have but here it has compounded until this really interesting time for women where what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to handle this like there's one of us there's one of us each day to do all these things and the cultural and systemic the pressures that are put on us sometimes is just it's crazy <laughs> it's yeah.
1: enormous it's crushing yeah. it can be crushing you wrote about that in your article too saying how as a mother when I'm with my children I feel guilty if I'm thinking about my business and when I'm with my business I feel guilty if, if when I'm thinking about my children just kind of this dynamic that we can easily kind of get into because we feel we can feel multipassionate but our time and energy is just always split.
2: Yeah. Like we've still only got 24 hours in a day and we, we don't have more life to throw things into. So I chuckle when I think of, you know, this past year in the membership, which you mentioned, we're talking about how to use productivity tools to get more time back. There's that whole spectrum too, of, of passing off tasks for somebody else to help you in your business. And I mean, that's the times we're living in, right? We grab more of one, but we've got to, you know... Borrow from here and steal (laughs) from there to make that work. (laughs) I know, and it's
0: crazy making sometimes. It just really is. (laughs) And, you know, this can look different for for other people. It doesn't necessarily have to be a woman with a business either. I think of, like, my sister-in-law, who is a highly educated engineer who now has four young children. You know, even that decision of how to manage moving forward as a woman with the expectations on her. So I think every woman, no matter how it looks, is dealing with this new life that we're living in right now and uncharted territory. I think you really just have to listen to your intuition on what feels right to you. And I'm being more aware of that feeling that gets produced inside of me of guilt or, or what I think are the expectations of me. I'm trying to be more aware of that. And just trying to make decision decisions for what works best for my family. Like, there's no such thing as a perfect balance. There never will be. So, if some days are just, you know, all, all family focused, that's great. If some days are all business focused, that's great. Like, it just has to be what works best as long as you feel good at the end of the day <laughs> or whatnot. Yeah. And making sure you're not doing it alone. Making sure you are having help and working with others and reaching out if you need to is how we get through it or how we move forward.
2: I totally agree. I think you nailed it. I
1: think you nailed it. As multi-passionate working women, we can define what that looks and feels like to ourselves. And I think that's such great advice, what you just said, to acknowledge what is a societal pressure or judgment or like niggling feeling and what is actually yours and what works for you and your family and your lifestyle. Yeah, because we do with this has with all of this comes freedom to choose. And we've chosen the roads that we're going down in business, but we can also choose how that looks like in our day to day life or weekly, monthly within within our families.
0: And like being as I'm I'm so influenced by the women of my past, I don't just leave it there, though, like I'm influenced also by thinking about the future in my family so I want to make sure that the choices that I'm making today for myself with my husband is what we want to be setting up for a sustainable future for our next generation. You know, for the future women in my family. I have two sons right now, but I don't mean to just talk about women, but I'll maybe have a granddaughter one day. <laughs> but to set it up in a way that that they can then also look at the lessons that not just the women before me have taught us, but what I'm also teaching to carry it forward. So. Absolutely. So
1: that's fascinating. Can you, can we dive there a little bit? What, what does that look like?
0: I don't know really. (laughs) So yeah, like I said, I have two sons. I want to make sure I'm raising my sons in a way that they understand the pressures that women have and the choices so that eventually if they choose to get married, I just I'm trying to raise them in a way that I would be proud of how they can then support their wives in the future and their children and to have for our farm wives to have it sustainable so that this life that we're living right now will still be there for them to continue on. Yeah. Oh, OK. Okay. So thank that, you. Yeah. that would
2: inform the choices you make, the the crops, the like like how you're building your business, how your farm business is growing, like all of it.
0: Yeah. And so like a specific example as well, and somebody had mentioned in my community on Instagram said this to me, and it always stuck with me, is if, say, for example, I was feeling mom guilt about someday going out to do something for myself or for my business, and I was not going to be there for my kids that day. Not a big deal. But if I, (laughs) if I was feeling like a bit of mom guilt about that, she said, but think of what that's teaching your kids. Because eventually one day they will then have that value instilled in them to support their wife or like their partner to be able to go out and live their passions and and lives as well. Right. In in a supportive way, they're not going to have this expectation that the mom or th- is always right there at home for them either. Right. Like it's that you know what I mean, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's like a
1: passive influence. I mean, you're influencing without physically being there, but they're watching and learning. And I just want to acknowledge, I don't know your hubby, Adam, very well. However, just through through talking with you, I want to say too, within your family dynamic, he is also demonstrating to your sons how to support his wife through her passions and and showing up for you. It's been beautiful to watch how what just how willing he is to back you, support you, build for you, dream with you. And I think that is such a beautiful example of what a modern family unit can be and look like in support of a multi-passionate mother and woman in business.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I love my husband. And yes, he is very, very supportive of everything that I do. So yeah, that's so important.
2: And we know for a a lot of the women of the past that that wasn't the case, right? Um, Roles were defined, they were locked in. And if you wanted to step outside of them, it maybe wasn't the easiest thing to do because you were pushing against the grain, so to speak, that 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 wasn't, that wasn't going to be your life path. So, you know, kind of get back in the kitchen. And
0: And you know what, that that makes me think I should mention that my grandfather's we're also very supportive roles of what their wives wanted to do and dream as far as I know anyways. So, so that's probably, yeah. Also good values passed down through the men to be able to do that too. Yeah, Yeah,
2: totally. Well, and how lucky are your sons to be witness to that? Like to see it live in action on a daily basis. Yeah. But for that, you know, kind of to be in their DNA that that this is a good thing that that women are contributing and just as valuable and have hopes and dreams just like the rest of us so yeah yeah and i think too you know back to that we all need support and groups and like that
1: kinship and getting to know you too on that road trip it was so cool listening to how your community because it is quite a small community isn't it how you come together and how you were so involved and i it was fascinating to me that you're still in touch with a core group of girls that you grew up with. I was like, so envious because that just sounded so like heartwarming and nourishing and fulfilling. So I'm trying to think like, how do we as modern women now reconcile our lives or find that support if we're not, if we don't have readily available what you do? And, you know, I hate to say it, but what first comes to mind is Instagram in the way that it's bringing together these niche groups of women, right? From homesteaders and homemakers and ranchers and farmers and makers. So we're able to find each other, but there's still a missing piece.
0: Yes. Okay. (laughs) So I do think that like Instagram has been great for forming online friendships and communities for sure. I, I love it for that, but you have to have human connection. You have to have real life group support. I think that is vital. And you can't have that with the, with the Instagram community. So if somebody doesn't have what I've just kind of lived my life in, because that is something that's special about rural women coming from small towns. Small towns are something special on their own. <laughs> for sure. The support and the community that you have from growing up in a small town can be unmatched. But the if you don't have that already and you're looking for that, you just have to go out. You have to go out and find that human connection in groups. Join your egg society. Join, go to your local church. Yeah, just see like what committees or organizations are in your area. And that's a good starting point. Like there's things you just have to get out there. I know it's post-pandemic and maybe people like to stay at home, <laughs> whatnot, but that human connection is so important to like different areas in your life. and. Yeah, that's my advice for that.
2: Yeah, no, that's I think, such yeah. good
0: advice. Yeah. Nothing
2: can replace the hug from a person. I mean, we're sitting here looking at each other on, on video, but there's a lot left on the table for connection. Oh, yeah, it's feeling like that, that energy. Yeah, and, that yeah. you get in person. Yeah. I always look at...
0: Oh, do you know what? Sorry. I just, I, I'm like, I don't know why I haven't mentioned this. I actually started up a group a few months ago online for women who are local in my area for us to meet once a month in person and do something outside together because those are my two passions right I want to be with other people even though I'm a bit of an introvert maybe it doesn't sound like I am but I am and I want to be outside in nature and I said so once a month we have been meeting outside somewhere local and we go for a hike or we've gone we've done forest yoga. We had an instructor come out and teach us forest yoga. So it's just, if, even if you don't find a group or that sort of community connection that feels right to you, maybe just start something then. Like I, I just, I made a group up for, yeah, women locally for us to connect and meet in person to do something like this, because that's what I need to fill my cup too. Yeah.
1: Total trailblazer, Jess. Total trailblazer. <laughs> and it's like, if it's not there, I'll just create
2: it. <laughs> but I think also yeah. a good example of what self-care could look like, too, because yes. that, like you just said, that fills your cup. Anything that helps fill our cup is self-care as well. So hmm. I just love that you you found a way to nurture that on a regular basis. Yeah. Hmm. You are such a trailblazer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Proud to be.
2: So with your article, like, is this...
1: I know this is such a like perspective that is so ingrained in you. What does it look like moving forward in your life or in your business? And are you looking for more ways to bring like, the storytelling and past into what you're doing? Or is this just sort of like something that simmers within you all
0: the time that you're acknowledging? Both. like It does simmer in, <laughs> in me all the time that I'm acknowledging. But moving forward <laughs> with my business... I do like to write and I do like to share my story. So I have a blog on my website where that's a place where I can do that. But I had the realization the other day that I need to bring in a bigger community and collaboration on my blog. Like I would, that, So that's something I'm going to move forward with is finding different women that I already know or want to connect with that have their own specialties in certain areas that align with my brand, that that yeah, that are around my brand. So that's something I'm going to be looking at moving forward is just more collaboration in that way for my business. So cool. So I hear yeah. that.
2: I hear three C's there. I hear community. <laughs> I hear connection. I hear collaboration. <laughs> and I think those are the cornerstones of how to keep yourself in the flow with other women and have your connection needs and whatnot taken care of. Yeah. I wanted to share with you and I know people aren't going to be able to see this, but and this is going to be unfair that I share this book with you because I've tried to see if it's available anywhere else. I could even be persuaded to lend it to you for a while. <laughs> but this book came across our path. I think it was 2007. It's called The Prairie Girl's Guide to Life, How to Sew a Sampler Quilt and 49 other pioneer projects for the modern women. And it's everything from making bread and butter pickles to predict the weather, <laughs> braid a rug. <laughs> all the things and I think Erin and I share a love for the prairie landscape as you do and there's just something about it so I just want to tip back into your name Prairie Soap Shack. Hey
0: where did that come from? Yeah
2: yeah like (laughs) I (laughs) never asked you that.
0: I honestly just came up with it I, I don't know where it came from it just kind of came into my head at the start of my business and then it was a bit of manifestation at its best i guess because then 3 years later when we moved there was an actual shack on our property that needed a purpose so then then came the prairie soap shack <laughs> the actual shack
2: yeah you know it's both literal and figurative and there is a rich history attached to the prairies. And so yeah, I the think whole it's quite cool. really Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really,
1: really cool. Yeah.
2: So anything else we need to dig into? Are you guys
1: are you guys down for a quick round robin of answering one question about in relation to women of our past? I was just sitting here and thinking, what is one thing if we could all share, what is one thing that we wish we could implement from the lifestyles of the women of our past? Like what is one thing that you wish you had? In any in any way that that you don't, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> just you go first.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh! Just being able to bake and cook anything, I feel like they could do that.
2: That's a good one. That's <laughs> a so very good yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> just and no
1: recipe cards. No, like <laughs> just having yeah. yeah yeah totally. Mine would be I, I just I'm looking and this is like part of my 2024 is like how I can simplify my life. I just find you know business motherhood household cooking and all the errands and just how full every day is and it's like a constant like we have an ongoing joke in the house that if if we run out of something I'm always like did you put it on the list did you put it on the list because you know my role in the house is the is to track the food and do the grocery shopping and I find I'm doing this like three or four times a day and it just it's it it adds into this long list of just things that are a part of my life, but I wish I I didn't have every day so full. <laughs> so in a roundabout saying, I just look back and I think just how beautifully simple their lives would have been. No doubt harder and like not as many resources that, that we have at our fingertips, like a grocery store, but just simpler in the way that we're not so mu- multitasked all the time cuz i feel that's where like that mental workload of a mother and a businesswoman really weighs on me. So i'm yearning for what a simpler version of that
0: could look like. So mm. if you've got any tips? Yeah. Okay, i'm i'm changing my answer cuz you inspired me with yours. That made me think how i would imagine say if my grandma had mending to do with the clothes That time to sit down and mend the clothes allowed her a time to sit instead of hustling about and sit without a phone or a distraction, right? Like maybe the radio was on, sure, but but just being able to sit with your own thoughts and doing a task like that without the distraction of a phone. Centered. (laughs) Or something, yes. Totally,
1: right? We're so used to now. How can I be more efficient? How can I be more productive? How can I multitask? How can I do these two plus one things? Hustle culture, totally. Yeah. And but to me, that's what causes this inner turmoil. That's causes this anxiety and stress and pressure.
2: So that's a good one. That's yeah. Really a good one. And I'm going to build off of that for mine for myself. Is more time to simply sit on the porch and just have a hot cup of coffee because I I don't think I ever finish a coffee hot. I'm heating it up for the next hour, you know, two hours later, still heating up the same cup. And so I know we've talked about how busy life in the past would be, but that mending time or whatever it is to have that 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 cup of coffee or whatnot and just sit and be, I think that would be something that I would really want to connect to but incorporate more into my life and without the phone you say you know it's it's easy you're sitting here you hear a little ding pick it up see what it is it's just no time to just be and i think in the being we have that more knowing about ourselves mm-hmm. and who we are yes. i think more being leads us to more inner connection and just satisfaction and fulfillment because i think in those quiet moments of sitting we can experience just perfection, because nothing's required of us in that moment. If we can shut off, you know, the brain and the thoughts and the and the to-do list. So I think that would be something to aspire to. I, I just want to
1: note, I think in that being and that silence is a lot of uncomfortableness for a lot of people. I think a lot of people can find it hard to sit with ourselves. So I think that, like, that's a great... Yeah. That's well, a great observation. We fill our lives with so much that we're avoiding like that check-in with ourselves too. So yeah.
2: yeah. Cause I think we all know people who just can't sit. You know, they they'll visit at your house and you can tell that the toes tapping and they're looking for the next thing to get up and start doing. And I don't know. Do we need to? I don't know.
0: <laughs> Maybe for twenty twenty four we all have to start sewing our clothes again and sitting without.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's so funny you say that. I, on Facebook, I'm getting all these ads for these like beautiful embroidery projects. And I'm like, I used to embroider and I totally forgot that I did like years ago. And I'm like, I'm taking that up in 2024 as like my, my mindful present projects, hands-on thing that I can do that that has no, no outcome, no pressure, yeah. no monetization, just for the pure joy. So
2: yeah. I think, yeah, Jess, yeah. you're, you're on to something. <laughs> yeah. And I used to knit. Man, I used to knit oh my when, God, my, when yeah. my kids were little. and yeah. I've had my thoughts turning back to that. But I'd also like to learn felting. I think felting looks like a really yeah. cool thing to do. So, yeah. yeah. How about you, Jess? Anything project uh, projecty?
0: Well, in the winter months here, we set up a puzzle table. So my family and I, we, we do puzzles together the table so that's kind of a quiet activity to do I love
2: that great family thing yeah
0: absolutely oh
2: this
1: has been
0: such
2: an
1: awesome conversation I think I I feel I want to kind of go away and process and maybe we'll we'll come back again and chat more and and bring some other women and their opinions on because I think this is such a topic that is such a feeling heart-based way to reflect back on the women of our past. And I just think, gosh, your winter article just tied it in so beautifully. So I just want to say well done.
0: Thank you. I hope it inspires women to like sit and have a look at what their lives look like now compared to the past. And I'd love to hear any other advice that they have. So hopefully. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That's a great,
1: that's a great um, question. Yes. Yeah. Great call to action. Great call to action. Yes. (laughs) Okay so before we get you to say all the places where everyone can find you and shop from you and support from you I just have to say so I have two of your lip balms and they are absolutely incredible. I've got one in my car and one in my purse and I'm going to be ordering more so I can have them in every pocket of my house and life. (laughs) They're so good. Good. And I know your soaps are divine and I'm I'm going to try your face cream and cleansing oil and toner. That's on my list next. So you guys, if you're looking for, what's the best way to describe your products? is Can you say clean? Like, is that all natural ingredients? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I just always describe them as they're all natural skincare. So completely natural ingredients infused with different plants that I forage or grow. So they have the herbal qualities in there as well.
1: Amazing. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So
0: where can everyone find you and connect and shop from you? Yeah. So my website is com. You can find me or shop there and email me from there. Um, and then I'm mostly on Instagram. So at Prairie Soap Shack.
1: Okay. Beautiful. Amazing. Cool. And we'll also put those links in the show notes too. So um, yeah, Jess, thank you so much for being here. It just, uh, it's been such a fun uh feel good conversation i think we're going to end this and we'll be chatting for the afternoon yeah and
2: <laughs> i have not ordered from you yet so i definitely won't want to uh especially when you're talking about the cleanser toner moisturizer thing uh, i don't have a good regime in place so i need that yeah there's no better time than now <laughs> i
1: guess <laughs> anyway thank you okay. so much <laughs> thank you today.
0: thank you guys
1: you did it You just finished another episode of the Trailblazer podcast. We
2: love bringing you real life stories and know-how from rural women. Head over to our website, www.trailblazerco.com, for today's show notes with all the links and special offers from today's sponsors. Want to help us
1: grow? Tag us and screenshot this episode, or share your takeaways in the comments over on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to see you over there. So this is Jan and Erin signing off. See you next time, trailblazers!